Welcome to Joyful Living, God's Presence in Life Stories. I'm happy you're here joining me in my conversations with ordinary people who live extraordinary lives and have learned to live in the presence of God and they have transformed their pain into passion, to purpose, and to peace. I'm happy to welcome my friend Ann Douglas, whom I've known since 2003, and we are closer than sisters, and I'm so grateful to Ann because Ann has helped me along my spiritual journey, and you will hear more while we are sharing our conversation. Ann, I'm so happy you're here. And before we dive into your beautiful life story and painful life story, why don't we take a deep breath, just breathing and coming into this moment, knowing that we are always held, always safe, that God is with us at all times. And with our breath, we're connecting to God's Holy Spirit and God's love in our lives. Breathe a deep breath. And thank you so much, Anne, for being here with me and with our guests to teach us about your beautiful life and how you have transformed your pain into passion and then into a beautiful purpose, living now a peaceful life in Jessup, Georgia with your husband, Mike, in your childhood home. And share with us your excruciating and deep pain in your life. Yes. I have three children, mm-hmm. Suzanne and Nancy Ann. And then four years later, I had a son, Frederick. We call him Freddie. And on 9-11, Freddie was on the 104th floor of the South Tower of the World Trade Center when Flight 175 flew into the 85th floor. I knew he was there. And so he died that day with all of the victims of 9-11. And Freddie and I were very, very close. Um, You can see this is Freddie. Mm, Beautiful. Yes, he was 27 years old. He was at the peak of his life. He had just been a smashing success in business. He had a woman that he was talking about asking to marry him. He was a spiritual man. And he he was, to me, he graduated with honors. And I'm down here in boot camp, left to do some work (laughs) looking at it that way. But this is, I can show you some pictures. This is how much and how close Freddie and I were. He was in graduate school when this picture was taken. Oh, oh yeah, I see. Beautiful. A little closer so we all, yeah. Okay, yes. But that's great, yeah. Here's pictures to tell a story. And I, I really 
I'm grateful that that last summer in 2001, I got a fellowship to go to Manhattan College for three weeks. So I was in New York with Freddie for three weeks in July and August. I was there for his 27th birthday. Mm -hmm. And this is what New York looked like in 2001. Mm This is a picture of Freddie with his girl, and that is the South Tower. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. This was taken three weeks before Mm 9-11. Freddie was special to me and my heart. We just, we had a bond that can't be broken. And when 9-11 happened, I called on the words that Freddie had said as uh, strength. I have a strong faith in God. Mm-hmm. I have the support system of family, of friends. But it was Freddie's words that gave me direction. When he was 22, Freddie was at prep school and then he went to college and one of his longtime friends went out in the evening with him for a weekend. And when Freddie dropped him off at his house, the young man went inside, he was having an argument with his girl and he committed suicide. Mm. He shot himself in the head and Fred wrote an essay. And in that essay, he said, all through history, man has asked why religion, mythology, no one has ever been able to answer that question. Don't look at that day. Take the good. Try to find your purpose in life and go forward and hope that it makes a difference. Oh, the wow. other thing, yeah. And the other thing Freddie said to me, he said this several times, Mom, what you're for empowers you, what you're against weakens you. Mm-hmm. So I was able, actually, my first thought, knowing that he was there that day, my first thought was, how am I going to live all of these years without him? And then I realized, no, if I come into this moment, if I can be present, remember the 35 millimeter cameras where you had to Mm -hmm. (laughs) focus it? I, I focused into what was right in front of me, and I said, I can do anything a day at a time. And that's why you were the angel that was sent into my life in 2003 to teach me how to come into the moment, to live my life Mm -hmm. moment by moment, a day at a time. And that really is what saved me, Bettina. I'm so grateful for that. Wonderful. And how, how, so this excruciating pain of losing a child uh, and really that the most pain a mother can experience, how, when we're talking about passion and purpose, so what, what was your passion after, after Freddie died, you went on. So how did you transform this pain into passion and purpose? I'm a teacher and I loved teaching. That's what I love to do. So I remembered his words and but we have a summer home in New Hampshire. It was Freddie's favorite place on earth. We were blessed to have a place on the lake where Freddie spent all of the summers of his life. And he put a hammock up and he found a sign that said, do what you love, love what you do. 
And so I love teaching. I loved art. I loved young people. So that's what I passionately did. I went out there into the world with all the pain that I had and things. I, I actually found two things. My, my passion was no one will ever forget Freddie. I'm going to make this world better. I'm going to honor every single person that died that day so that something good can come from this tragedy. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that I did, and this, these are, this is a picture. We, we have a nonprofit foundation, which was created by family, friends, and strangers, all working pro bono. And we went into the school systems mm -hmm. and eliminated bullying. Mm -hmm. It was something I had done in my classroom. And I personally had been uh, um, bullied as a, as a child. And so I was passionate that no one would ever come into my classroom and be bullied. So that, I, I took, that did happen in my class. And so I took it to the schools. And these children in this picture, they're the only children who have been to ground zero on 9-11 with the families because they, this is the eighth grade, but when they were in kindergarten, they actually live from the kindergarten playground in Jersey City, saw the plane hit Freddie's building and they saw the buildings fall. Oh, wow, wow. They were so motivated that they would do anything and the teachers too. And so we got two pilot program schools with people that were connected with Freddie, helped us get it together. And something beautiful happened. Everyone worked pro bono. My oldest daughter in education contributed. My younger daughter um, is an art director and has made a beautiful website so that you can, um, you can see our curriculum, which we're giving away for free. And we'll be marketing it soon and giving away 5,000 books to children. And that comes to wow. the second passion that I found. And that is, I became passionate about the children's book. Now, here's the background story of this children's book, Freddie and Flossie Flutterby, which I have written and which I illustrated. Beautiful. But the, the real truth is that it was already created. When Freddie was 22, he was in graduate school and he said, mom, remember the story you used to tell us about that butterfly and you wanted us to eat vegetables and be nice to everybody? And I'm like, sure. They, they'd all say, mom, mom, tell us about the butterfly. And they'd sit next to me, Nancy, Sue and Freddie, and I'd tell them all about that story. And he said, you have got to paint the paintings. You have got to write the book, write the story. So I did. It took me four years with the paintings. I did gouache watercolor and um, and I, I painted the paintings and I wrote the book but I just made a big copy and gave each one the copy and I'll show you an example of the paintings that I that I did that Freddie inspired me to do beautiful and I can see there's Freddie there's Sue there's Nancy so and um it's a letter by what I'm hearing you say is actually that God used yeah. Your biggest pains that you just mentioned, the bullying in your childhood, so that is a really traumatic thing because that happens 
I mean, a, over a course of years and years. So it's really evasive in your spirit. So that, and then the pain of losing Freddie and knowing these school kids saw it. So you merged yes. this all into a purpose. And you might remember at one of our retreats, I was quoting Frederick Beekner. Uh, he's yes. a Presbyterian theologian and pastor. And he said, God wants us where our deep joy meets the deep hunger of the world. And your deep joy, deep joy and deep passion, I think we can use that um, as similar. Um, so you took that yes. and you made it into your purpose in bringing it to the hunger of the world, which is eliminating bullying in the school system. Yes. So it, it just is a beautiful, beautiful story how you transformed your pain. And, and so tell us a little bit about living in the presence of God. So you said you live joyfully every day. And, and to say that, even though you have experienced so much pain, um, how are you doing this? Uh, well, prayer, meditation, and contemplation. And for me, prayer is having a conversation, talking with God. Meditation is listening. But contemplation is the highest form of prayer. Mm -hmm. I learned contemplation from you. Mm. And this brings me to the retreats that you started to teach centering prayer, which is a discipline. Mm -hmm. You told me you're going to sit for 20 minutes and let your thoughts go by. And you're going to stay with the sunset, stay with God and not think. And I, I, I never, I, I didn't have experience and it is discipline and it does take practice. That's why the title of the book is so appropriate. And here I have a newspaper picture. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> these are the people, these are our retreat people that, and we think that we are the charter members because I was at your first retreat and I went to most of them. So yeah. I am so possessive. I think that this is my, these are my people yes. that walked with me through your pain. You've had painful, we've walked as sisters shoulder to shoulder. Yes, we and, did. And Bettina, this book is what has come of those retreats and all of us on the journey as it happened with you as our leader and nothing stops you from heading to the light. All of us are pulled like magnets behind you because nobody is gonna stop Bettina. Well, <laughs> You'll find that out. If you're gonna be watching Bettina's on YouTube, you're gonna find out just exactly. And she and Bettina, what comes into your energy, the amazing things that happen. So. Now, will you tell about this book the first time I, I yes. told you? <laughs> so, Anne, yes, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because it is a wonderful story. And I think it was 2003, probably in the fall of 2003, we'd gone to a retreat at the Episcopal Diocese, Georgia's uh, center, uh, Honey Creek, and we drove back in the minivan, um, at that point, I was living in Jessup, Georgia. We all were. And you kind of looked over my shoulder. I was driving. You said, 
where these prayers, where, where do you have them from? Where can you read them? And I said, well, I, 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 I'm making them up. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing them. And you said, oh my God, you have to write the book. And I was like, and no, I'm not, I'm, this is not my, even my, my language. This is my, English is my second language. And you said, calmly and quietly from the back, you will write the book. So it took a while. It took a while. The book was published in from, so from 2003 until 2017, it took a while and it took some pain in between. But um, I also remember we had to find a title for the book. And I'm saying we, because nobody is working alone. God is working through all of us and we're all together and we're all connected. And I remember at one of the retreats again in Honey Creek, 2016 probably or 15, I was talking about my grandfather-in-law, Simon, who's always said, whatever he did, he got a, drank a cup of coffee, he, he saw a flower and he would always shout out, this is living. So I told you, told you all the story over lunch and you knew I was looking for a title and that it was based on Brother Lawrence, who's living in the presence of God. So practicing the presence of God had to be in the title, but I knew it wasn't the title. And you left the table without a word, walking out, and then you came back with a, um, a pad and it's big letters you'd written down. This is living, exclamation point, practicing the presence of God. And we were all stopped in our tracks, knowing that this was the title of the book. So thank you. Thank you again. And um, yeah. And so this book is really um, my passion, my purpose in life. Yes, it is. And and I think... um, writing all these prayers and the prayers that now are on my uh, Facebook page, this is living, practicing the presence of God, that anybody can go and, you know, just go on that site and read these prayers. Um, so it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful um, passion and purpose. And I know God, God has led me to all of this and I am peaceful in life. And you have not said anything about peace. So we have these four milestones from pain to passion to purpose. So tell us about your peace in life, how through all this, you're living a peaceful life now with Mike um, and your daughters. And Bettina, you're, the theme of your retreats, not just centering prayer, but self-fulfillment. Mm. And having another person like you and like our sister, like the people that are at the retreat, to give us feedback so that I have learned to love myself without being in love with myself. If I, I'm not in love and everything's about, and with myself, everything's about me, but I do accept and love the good and bad in myself. And that came through experiences in your retreat and the journey that we have taken. And I see us as partners. That means my husband gave me this definition equals on spiritual journey. Yes. And, we and all that, are. That's who we are. And, and so the, 
I have found through being able to come to the moment. This is why this book is different from any other book, because it's not just a book to read. You experience this book. It shows you, it leads you, it gives the prayers, you take the breaks. And just here's an example. Yesterday, I'm 77, and mm -hmm. I'm for my checkup, and there was something that wasn't quite right, so they called me back. And the doctor tells me, I, uh, you're healthy. This is not serious. That so can't be treated, but I want you to go to the Mayo Clinic and let's see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, you can imagine my first thought. Yes. Oh, if I get up here in my head and start thinking and I'm, I'm in the future, what's it going to be? You know, I'm, uh, and so what did I do? I did a breath prayer. I went, First of all, I relaxed my jaws, then I relaxed my shoulders, and then I breathed in gently peace. I breathed out anxiety, and I came into the moment. It's no big deal. This is the moment I have, and he just told me I was healthy. Right. So this is how I find peace in the midst of unsolved problems, through discovery of myself, and through communing with the power as I see it, and you have led the way and taught me the highest form of prayer. For this, I'm connected to you with my heart forever, Bettina. Well, and as you said, we're on the journey together, and you just said something that I've never heard said this way that is so beautiful. You said, I love myself, but I'm not in love with myself. So... Oh my God, that is saying a huge spiritual truth in a few words. I love myself and I'm not in love. Because often people, and especially women, we think we can't you know, be selfish. We can't love ourselves. We have to love others and give and give and give. And we also have to take care of ourselves. And to love ourselves doesn't mean we're in love and we're selfish, but it is breathing and, and staying in the present and loving ourselves so we can actually spread the love into the world. Yes, and Bettina, I love the good and the bad. I was bullied mercilessly, not just once, continually. And from that pain, I became a person that, that I became something, a, a wounded person. And so I had to learn to love the wounded child, learn to love the me. And I didn't have to count on other people. And it was a great gift. Now I see that bullying. I needed to be, have that experience so that I could help others. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been passionate and I could, I could not have understand those who are out there being bullied had I not experienced it. Yeah. So that's what loving myself means, the good and the bad, mm -hmm. the way God loves me. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to perform or do anything. God yeah. just loves me no matter what. Exactly. And, and it's also wonderful to hear and that the pain and especially the pain we all experience, or I'm saying we all most of us experience in childhood, that that pain can actually, God is using that pain 
for God's purpose to bring love into the world. Yes, that's and right. It's really amazing and wonderful to to know that. Here's one um, one little story that I just experienced recently. So I was asking because I'm working on a new website and, and a new program, spiritual program. I was asking a few people. Um, friends and people who've experienced my work, how they see me. And I also asked a 20-year-old friend of mine um, just to see what a young person says. And she was giving me a few words, and then she said, you make people feel like they belong in this world, that they have a place in this world. Oh. And it was so touching. For one, it's a 21-year-old, and, and I told her, I said, Jenna, I was the one who never felt like I belong in this world, that I have a place in this world. And that yes. was the first time I connected these two things, yes. that the pain of my childhood, unconsciously, really, I'm giving people that gift because I don't want anybody to feel this way. So I think it's, it's amazing. And I hear and I see, really see and feel how peaceful you are in your life and that you have with God's help. We always know, but we have to do our part in it. You have transformed the pain in your life. Bettina, I want to read one prayer that I start the day with, and it's your prayer. You, you gave us um, all of your prayers on a card at one of the retreats, and I hoped to get a little professional deck of those cards so I can take them with me. That must be coming up next. But yes. I want to read how I start my day in the morning with you, and then I'll tell you um, the gift that you've given me. And, and here's the prayer. It's called Brushing Your Teeth. Mm-hmm. And by the way, usually I get uh, what I, my instinct is to get the uh, electric toothbrush, start brushing my teeth, and then run in and turn the TV off and pick out what I want and then go back and spit in the sink, you know, yeah. rushing around because I'm so busy, you know. Right. But this is now the way that Bettina has trained me, and this is why you have to practice it. Yes, yes. Brushing your teeth. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Matthew 15, 11. When you pick up your toothbrush, take a deep, deliberate breath. When you spread toothpaste on your brush, be aware that the moment of paste you put on, the moment you put the paste on, appreciate the smooth paste and enjoy the beauty and the smell of it. Look at your teeth and feel the motion of your brush. Wash the brush circling, watch the brush circling your teeth and the paste cleansing the surface of your teeth. Be patient with yourself and come back to the present when your thoughts stray. When you put your brush away at night, ask yourself whether you have lived into this prayer. And here's the prayer. May only goodness and truth Come out of my mouth today. Amen. Amen. Wow. That's a great way to start the day. <laughs> that is wonderful. Wonderful. And before we close our conversation, and thank you so much um, for being here and really being the first one 
uh, of hopefully many conversations that are inspiring and helping people to transform their pain into passion and purpose and peace. Anything else you want to give us um, uh, on the way? Yes. And, and honestly, Bettina, this, this book and what you have to say in here is what I, what brings me to this point today that I can say, I can find peace in the midst of a storm. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. I belong to God. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to find my secret place with the Most High. Beautiful. That's your gift to me. Thank you. And we are all gifts to each other. And I hope this conversation, I know this conversation is a gift to many other people who will join us in this conversation. Yes. I love you, Anne, and I will talk to you soon. I love you. Love you too. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Bye.